Welcome to the Seasonal Living Mamas podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I'm going to chat all about the Ayurvedic approach to self-care. So I am coming to you from actually my bedroom. So my son and my husband are home, um, and I'm trying to get this recorded before I'm traveling for the week, and um, hopefully the sound turns out just fine. Um, but so if it sounds a little different, I just wanted to preface, I am in a different spot in my house. So let's dive into some self-care. That's kind of been the theme and um, that I've had this month, and I kind of wanted to wrap up with the Ayurvedic approach to it. So Ayurveda, really at its core, um, from two of my teachers that I've had, Mary Thompson and Katie Silcox, there are three main things that we can do for like true, true self-care, which is balance your Agni, remove your Ama, and increase your Ojas. So what does that mean? So to balance your Agni, it means to have regular digestion. And regular digestion is having a bowel movement every single day around the same time and a full elimination. So um, I don't know if I've actually done a podcast on that, but your elimination, um, like 12 to 18 inches, you want it to be not too dark, not too light in colors, and um, no necessarily floating or sinking. You're kind of looking for that in between and no streaking if that makes sense. Um, so the stronger that your Agni is, your digestion, the better health you typically have. So what you digest is really everything in Ayurveda. That's where it really starts. So if our Agni is off, typically we're going to have some other issues that stem from that. So next up, what is this Ama word that I said? What does removing Ama mean? Um, ama is toxins. And so as soon as we get our digestion flowing, the next thing is to tackle any extra, extra Ama or toxins in our body. So toxins are, you know, they can be the habits, the food, um, technology loops that we might get ourselves stuck in. So Ama is that sludge that keeps us from truly digesting our food or possibly experiences that we have in life. You know, as the mind and body, it's connected um, much more practiced or talked about in Eastern medicine versus in Western medicine. And so that's why those are so tied together is what is going on in our physical and mental body, what we are digesting, what toxins are staying with us, um, and how can we process them? So that's step two. And then that final one I said is increasing your ojas, which is your vital energy. So how can we build up our energy so we have lasting energy throughout the day? That is the goal. So making sure that you're eating nourishing foods, that you're having rest built into your day, meditation, moving your body, laughing, ample sleep, nature, giving your mind time to rest and digest. It's said it takes 27, 30 days to build up your ojas. So if you're thinking, okay, I did that for a week and I've, nothing has changed. I still feel really exhausted. You probably haven't pushed yourself to go those 30 days. So whether that be with a meditation practice, um, a workout practice, eating nourishing foods, whatever it might be, you really got to stick it through before you start seeing results. So if you're completely depleted, don't think this will be an overnight fix. You know, just as I tell a lot of my personal training clients that first month, things start to move and shift, but the weight might not always come off. But usually it's that second month when they start seeing changes with a consistent routine. So what happens to so many of us, we get so frustrated that nothing happened instantly because I mean, that's just the world that we live in right now. You know, whether we like it or not, whether we realize it or not, it's instant gratification. You know, as soon as we post something on social media, we expect instant results. Like we expect people to 
be on at that time and posting and commenting, sharing all of this stuff right away when that's not necessarily the case. You know, sometimes things in, in actual life take time and usually it's getting into those routines, um, building up the stamina to make it to those 27 to 30 days. It takes time. You know, I'm doing a yoga nidra practice right now for 40 days and I missed one day. So I did get off, but I'm still counting it. Um, and I'm at 19 out of the 40 days. And so for me, it's, it's at first, did it feel like it was doing anything? No, but I am actually going to comment at the end of the 40 days because I can already feel this subtle shift, not only in my mind, but my body and just the way I'm processing and thinking about things. And I did not, I think what happens sometimes, or for myself, I'll speak for myself on this, but when I, when I started this, it's a sankalpa, which means your purpose. So when I started, I expected instantly to know what is my purpose? Like I, you know, again, the instant gratification, as soon as I start this new habit, I should instantly get the results and the download of this is what it is, you know, but instead it's just slowly like unlayering. It's like here, you know, this layer falls off and then this layer slowly falls off and it's just shedding kind of like shedding skin. Like you're just slowly going through like a snake, you know, it's just kind of slowly coming, coming out and coming into your own. And so that's kind of what I think about with any of these things with building that Ojas and building any of the things I talked about with Ama and the Agni, it takes time. So that for me is one step when we're thinking about self-care, how can you balance your Agni, Ama and Ojas? So I wanted to share a few more ideas um, besides those three, but those three are definitely some self-care because honestly, if those things are moving and if you feel really good, the rest of the stuff that I'm going to talk about, it, it's easier to get into your life. You know, if we're feeling off, if we're feeling zero energy, if we're feeling drained physically because we're not digesting things um, and we're, our systems are just over, overridden, like we're actually the self-care is just going to be putting a bandaid on things. We're not going to get to the root cause of things. So if you want to go to the root cause, I would start with your Agni, Ama, and your Ojas. Now we're going to dive a little bit more into the self-care side of things. So in Ayurveda, you really want to make time for yourself each and every day. And that is why self-care is so important, especially in this fast-paced environment that we are living in. Slowing down to tune in with our bodies and minds is one of the staples of Ayurveda. That's why I always say slow down, tune in, and connect with your divine body wisdom. Like that is my tagline. That is my thing. I love that. Um, and I have to remind myself to do that daily. So don't think it just comes naturally because I really do. I have to say, okay, whoa, where are we going? Let's remind myself of slowing down, tuning in and connecting with my divine body wisdom. You know, and most people, we go so fast and we don't want to slow down to notice how we're truly feeling. You know, we, we want to keep pushing. We don't want to take the time to say, you know what, I don't feel good. And we might know what that is, but we just don't want to do anything about it because we don't know where to start with whatever it could be in your life, whether it be a relationship with someone, whether it be a relationship that um, you have with maybe um, something in your life. It could be a vice where you're like, this is not good for me. And I just keep repeating the pattern. You know, how can we interrupt and break that pattern? You know, it could be something like that where this is going to take some time. It's going to take some practice to get in there. That's where we don't always want to slow down and do that. So Ayurveda is really geared to help you become more in tune with you. And when you choose what self-care acts, make sure that you're choosing ones that are aligned with what you enjoy. So at the end of the day, if you don't like to take baths, that's not going to be a great self-care for you. Um, you know, just because they say, to do your own facial. If you prefer to go to the spa and it gives you more joy, well, don't feel like you need to add something else to your to-do list by making your own facial at home and applying it yourself. 
You know, nobody needs anything more to add into your life if it's something that really doesn't feel good or fulfill you at the end. You know, so one example is a client of mine. She really wants to do, um, to be someone who enjoys baths, but she said she's not there yet. It feels like a chore and she doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like self-care yet. So it's something she's just scratching off her to-do list because people say it's good for her, but that's just not, it's not for her. You know, if she's, if she's hating it, if she's like, ah, I guess finally I haven't had my bath yet. And you know, this month, let me, let me hop in there. That's just another thing off the to-do list. It's not great. Um, another note on self-care through the year, it's probably going to change. You know, during the winter months, a bath might sound a lot more appealing than in the summer months. Sitting by a fire with a cup of turmeric milk might sound more pleasing in colder months, while enjoying a glass of cooling sun tea is going to sound better in the summer. You know, doing nausea in the winter and the neti pot in the spring and fall. Like those are all the little things that if we start to tune into seasons, we notice, oh yeah, I don't really, this kind of falls off my list. Like it doesn't feel as great in the summer versus the winter. So what are some ideas? I'm going to start with oils because really self-massage is wonderful if you can get there. I um, actually don't use necessarily an Ayurvedic massage. Um, I kind of do because the base is, but I'll tell you about that in a second. But first I want to go through the best oil types for your dosha. So your vatas using an organic sesame oil. And these oils can just be what you cook with. So it's nothing special. I mean, it's stuff that you can get from your grocery store um, and just the organic sesame oil. And that's good for all three doshas, but vatas in particular, sesame oil. Pitta is using a more cooling oil, such as coconut oil or sunflower oil. And then for kapha, a little bit more um, lighter oils. So your corn, your mustard seed, or your sesame for your kapha. So what I like to do is I actually do an avocado oil as a base and then I do, or actually almond oil, scratch that. It's almond oil as a base. And then I put some lavender in there. And then I put a little bit of vitamin E. And so I actually have made my own lavender oil um, this past year. And I've been loving it. And it's actually not too hard to make. It takes about a month. But that's my preferred oil. And the lavender oil really calms down my muscles. Because I do train pretty hard during the week. And I find that that, that oil just relaxes my legs and gives it a little bit more recovery, which I sometimes need. So those are the oils and it's great to do daily. They recommend doing it before you hop in the shower, doing a little bit of oil um, on your body. Um, Abhinyanga, they call it in Ayurveda. Or I, pref I prefer personally to do it after. You know, I'm also pretty dry here in Minnesota, especially right now in the winter. So I like it a little bit after to hydrate my skin a little bit more. But it really is up to you. Try it. Um, doing it again is better than not doing it at all. So if you prefer before, after, you do you. Now let's chat about our self-care ideas for the senses. So along, you know, with Ayurveda, the five senses in Ayurveda are really tied heavily together. So our five senses, some ideas of what we could do there. The neti pot and the nasya. So neti pot um, is those little ceramic pots that you might have seen with a long nozzle. And then you basically put your nose, you tip your head to the side and you have some, um, you know, water in there with a little bit of sea salt and then distilled water preferred. and then you know, you tip your head to the side and let that water flow at one nostril and then you do it back the other side. That's your neti pot. And it's great during um, the change of seasons, in particular the fall and the spring to help with allergies. I found for me, it really helped because it got, you know, that pollen, it just kind of pulls it right out of the nose. Your nausea oil, you just basically kind of tip your head back and you have, um, you put it right at the end of your nose. And this is great for the winter when your nose might be really dry. And then you just kind of dab a little bit more and it's just kind of like a little squirt bottle. 
and then you just kind of pinch your nose together and that's your nasia oil. Dry brushing is another idea and that's going to be for your, um, obviously the nasia and the neti pot is going to be for your sense and for your, um, you know, the nose. Your dry brush is going to be for your feel or touch sense, so your whole body. And the dry brush, um, I think I've done some Maybe I haven't. There are tons of videos though. What you do with dry brush is you always want to go towards your heart. So if you start at your legs, you're brushing up towards your heart. If you're on your arms, you're going to be brushing towards your heart. If you're coming from the chest down, it's towards your heart. So that's kind of the main thing with your dry brushing. And again, I do that one after I get out of the shower, I dry brush and then I put on my oil after. Another one is the self-massage, which I just talked about. So um, I'm not going to really share too much more about that. Uh, another idea is making figure eights with your pelvis or your eyes. So obviously your pelvis can be a little bit more with a touch. And so just making that figure eight shape to keep things kind of loose and um, juicy. I like to sit on a stability ball and do that sometimes because that really just does help. Like a lot of the times what happens is our pelvis, we get really stiff. And this is just from working, um, you know, in the training world for so many years that you see people who get stuck in their pelvis and that does not move in the three directions it should forward um, center and back, and then that side to side movement. And so doing those figure eights will kind of help that pelvis stay loosey and goosey as we age and we're all aging. And so that's something just to make, be mindful of is making sure you're getting movement there. And then with your eyes, it's helping to reduce that pitta because the pitta is in the eye sense. And so the eyes, you'd make a figure eight and that kind of helps relieve that stress there, especially if you work at a computer, looking up off your computer and just doing some figure eights. Um, and then another idea for the eyes is taking a pen Great again if you work at a computer to the tip of your nose and then move it slowly away from your nose, kind of like what they do at the eye doctor, and then I'm going to bring it back towards your nose. And so you're tracing that with your eyes. Um, and then for your taste is trying all six tastes. So having the salty, sweet, bitter, astringent, sour, and pungent. So making sure you get all six of those tastes in there. I think I've done a podcast with those and I'm not hundred percent sure if I haven't, I might do one um, in the future. Cause that's a great one to talk about because Ayurveda recognizes two additional um, senses or tastes that we don't uh, usually rec recognize like astringent and pungent, I think are the two that are different in our Ayurveda versus maybe the Western culture is used to. Another idea for taste is trying new teas. So blending your own teas or just trying different flavors and seeing what you like. And then the last one is placing a blanket over your ears. And that kind of helps with, um, you might notice for me at night, I find that that, that inflames vata. So your ears are associated with vata. And if you go outside and it's windy and it's cold, sometimes that vata gets in our ears and we get a little out of balance. I find if it's really cold, cause our upstairs isn't heat as well as it should. Um, and then my ears will get really cold and I, I will get a little bit more ungrounded on the days that I don't put the blanket kind of over my ear that's up towards the ceiling cause I'm a side sleeper. But just noticing little subtle things like that do make a difference. And so if you are someone whose ears get cold um, quite often, making sure you, you do have something to cover them. You know, right now I have some big headphones on that are covering them and that's keeping my ears warm. And that also helps keep my vata dosha grounded. So a little food for thought there. All right, I'm gonna give you a few more um, different self-care ideas. I won't go as in depth about some of these because these are some of them are pretty obvious of what they are. But spending time alone, even if it's just for five minutes, especially as, um, you know, busy mamas, if you have kiddos, you know that five minutes alone, sometimes it really can recharge you. I had one guest on um, my podcast say that she used to go, she would have her daughters because they were old enough to, you know, be by themselves for a little bit. They would have their books and she would legit go in the closet, shut the door and just have five minutes to herself 
in the closet, door shut. The girls couldn't talk to her. And that was what she would do, just kind of recharge. And again, sometimes we do need that as moms. You like, you kind of know when you need your, you need your space. Next, giving yourself the gift of silence. So spending that time alone and just having nothing on. I do that quite often in my car. I don't turn the radio on. I don't have a podcast on. I'm just in my car. And it's wonderful. <laughs> Another one is going outside. Uh, trying a yin yoga posture. So maybe you do some yin yoga to end your day. Spending time with your pets. Saying a few ohms. Journaling. Taking a bath if you enjoy those. Facials, which I actually have included two different um, face mask ideas, a coconut and turmeric face pack for the fall, and then a marigold mask um, for kind of the springtime or summertime. So you can see those are on my show notes. So if you kind of click on the, the show notes for here, you'll be able to go there and head to the website if you want to try these um, face mask ideas. And then the last couple are reading working out and yoga. Those are all self-care ideas. You know, I think sometimes we have these grandiose things, but they don't have to be. They really don't have to be. So we're going to now dive into the doshas and self-care because I just gave some in general ideas above for our senses and just in general self-care ideas. Now, if you're really out of balance and you really need to balance yourself back out, your self-care for the dosha that's out of balance would be best. So no matter if you're a pitta, if you're out of balance in your vata, you actually want to do the vata self, um, I call them self-love ideas for vata. So how do you know if you're out of balance? So vatas crave excitement, new experiences, but out of routine quickly become overstimulated and then out of balance. So you might know if you feel overstimulated, anxiety, um, just really in your head and not in your body, that's that vata dosha. So ways to kind of get yourself back in, get plenty of rest by going to bed earlier, starting your day with self-massage. So trying calming oils such as the lavender. You can mix in the lavender like I shared earlier or a uh, sage. Follow vata pacifying diets with consistent meal times. So consistency is key if you're feeling out of balance in your vata. And a pacifying vata diet would be grounding food. So think root vegetables um, in season preferably. You'd rather have soups versus salads because soups are easier to digest. So heavier foods but not like heavy where you're having like a ton of sugar because that, that's going to throw off that vata dosha. But heavy like the soups, the um, roasted sweet potatoes and Brussels sprouts, those grounding foods, even dates, like dates are a little bit more grounding. And then drinking lots of warm fluids throughout the day and maybe a golden milk before bed. Now for our pittas, pittas are full of passion, focus, and powerful energy when they're at their best, which means they're great leaders but tend to push themselves too hard and they forget to rest. So burnout is a tendency here. So if you're feeling that way, make sure you're taking time for rest and um, restoration. Resist the urge to overbook yourself. And I know if you're in this stage, it's so hard to do, but that is how you truly are going to get better. Allowing space to do nothing. For a pitta, there is nothing harder than allowing yourself to do nothing. Like having just that white noise or that white space on your calendar where you're like, oh my gosh, what do I do with myself? Um, and feeling the need to fill it in. Like I can relate from, I've been through many years of that. I now crave that white space in my calendar where I can just relax and have nothing planned um, and just do what I feel called to do. And that's kind of that feminine energy coming in too. So the masculine is that structure where you, you know, have things planned and schedules, whereas the feminine likes a little bit of wiggle room where she can come in and say, wow, what do I want to do today? And a lot of the times pittas, 
tend to live more in that masculine energy. So having that feminine come in there and just weave her way in um, will help relax some of that pitta intensity. Eating a pitta balancing diet. Um, so staying away from caffeine, spicy foods, which cause the aggression. Getting out in nature, so key. So it brings more peace and soothing scenery to help wind you down. And then everything in moderation. So again, pittas tend to go, I, I, I can relate to this personally, as I just was telling my, um, one of the people that trains at uh, the country club that I work at, I was telling him, um, I, I have a pattern I'm noticing of workouts. This is not a great one, but at least I've noticed it now. It might've taken me years. I push so hard that I burn myself out of my workouts. Cause I just am like six days a week, hardcore workouts, five of those six days. And then, um, the seventh day I'm still doing something. It's not like I'm completely resting. I do that for maybe a month or two. I burn out and then I just go and deplete myself. And I basically do half workouts slash whatever, like nothing really planned. And then I get back into it and then I go way too hard, way too fast. Like there's no moderation there. It's just either I'm all in or I'm all out. So I need to find that moderation and that balance. And I was telling him I was struggling with that. So that is my goal is to get back to that. Um, and that's where I actually just am stopping there, but I was doing some classes some hit classes and some yoga classes. So part of um, what I was doing there, I came in and taught some four classes a week and I, I have to stop. I stopped three of the four because I need that time. I need that space. Like that is part of my problem of my pitta burnout is I push too hard. Two of those classes are at 6am. So I'm getting up at 4.30, three times a week, uh, which makes it hard to really get in a regular routine or schedule with my sleep. So that is part of my goal is I'm really healing some of these patterns that I have. And so I, I will get back to you on how that goes. So I just kept a yoga class there, um, you know, that starts at eight because I really do enjoy the uh, people there, but I just, I'm burning myself out. So I need to, I need to slow down. So that is what a slowdown looks like for a pitta. So if you're in that stage and you know, you need to slow down, maybe drop a few things off your plate. Um, it's not easy, but it will help. Now we're going to come into our last dosha, the kapha. So kaphas typically are relaxed and easygoing. So making sure kaphas add movement into their day to keep them from getting bored or depressed. So these are heavier energies that tend to happen when a kapha is out of balance. You just don't have any motivation or drive to get things going. So how we can do some self-care here is resist the urge to be in bed all day. So making sure you get up and get moving. Kafas love to sleep usually. And so sleeping like my husband, yeah, I think he's taking a nap and he's, he got up late like that. I mean, they just love their sleep. So that tends to be a kapha trait. Re breathing deeply. So meditation will help stimulate the brain activity. So making sure you're breathing all the way down into the low belly and not just in the chest. Following a kapha balancing diet. So for them, refined sugar and alcohol are not going to be great because that's going to help, um, or that's not going to help. That's going to help pull them down into a more bored, depressed state. So making sure you stay away from those things. So your kaphas, you think lighter meals. So kaphas might be able to get away with salads if their digestion is good. Like the grounding root vegetables might not be as great for kaphas if they're out of balance and they're already feeling pretty heavy. They want the lighter foods. They can handle potentially popcorn, you know, with some olive oil drizzled on it. Well, maybe I would stay away from the olive oil because that can be a heavier um, energy. Maybe just a little bit of sea salt. You know, you really think those lighter foods to help, uh, even like crackers, like the almond flour. Oh, what is that? Oof, mills, something mills, but they have almond flour crackers. That's great. Like kaphas usually can process that better than your vata. 
and then dry brushing to help stimulate the circulation and then focusing on what makes you happy and scheduling those activities into your day. So those are all um, ones that I would recommend for Katha. Now, the last couple things that I have are just caveats. Um, how to recover after work. My two, the two best ways that you could do nature. So after you have your dinner, you come home, maybe you get outside, take a walk. Uh, in the winter, obviously it's pretty dark, but once it comes lighter again here uh, in the spring and summer, that's a great activity to do. Or gym time, but not your intense gym time, restorative yoga or walking on the treadmill. Um, those are going to be a little bit better ideas to do after work to give yourself some energy. And then for stress management overall, the um, yoga poses, so your asanas. Pranayama is the breathwork meditations. And then addressing the actual stress in your life. So if you're feeling like you need a lot of self-care, we got to go back to the beginning. What is the actual stressor in your life that you're feeling so called to get away from? All right. Whew. Hopefully that was a lot. Hopefully you took notes. Um, I gave you tons of different ideas and Ayurvedic's approach on it. If you're wanting more, I still have my free five-day Ayurveda for the Modern Mama program, and it's free. Um, you can head to, again, the I'll put the link in the show notes. I also have a one-month dosha deep dive course. So if you're intrigued by doshas and you want to know a little bit more, it's $39, and I go in depth um, one week at a time about each dosha, and at the end, how to combine it and put it all together into your life. Because just because we are a pitta does not mean that we need to forget about our vata and our kapha because we have all three doshas in us in varying amounts and we can go out of balance in any of them. So knowing how to manage all three is key. So that's why I did that dosha deep dive course. Um, I've already had many people go through that because they are just like, oh, this is just spreads so much light. Because I think a lot of the times we think that we only need to know about our dosha, but we don't. Um, so it's way more in depth about that. All right. So thank you all so much and go out there and spread your peaceful power.